Hello and welcome into the SoRare Data Strategy Show. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdinho on SoRare, joined as always by Sean Newsham. You can find as PSU fans too on SoRare. Today we're talking about IAX, which is a lot of fun for people who have IAX players and just miserable for people who don't. Sean, how many IAX players do you have these days? Seems like a team that you should have a lot of, but I don't think you do. I don't. Are we talking starters or like players? Because I have more. I have like. Yeah, you've got, what's his name? I have Bedford or something Ferd. I have Pershers. Um, I have three that are, but unfortunately they're like the worst three. <laughs> um, I have Masrawi, who I need to sell, I think. And then I have Gravenberch, which that's more of a long-term hold. Like I don't. I don't realistically care what he does. I mean, obviously I want him to be productive, but like if he's not, it's not the end of the world for me on that. And then I also have um, Anthony, who isn't the worst, but like realistically scoring wise, he's far worse than the rest of them. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess the worst is like Davy Klassen. Yeah, probably. And Alvarez. Like those are probably the two worst, but um, I, it's just... It's it's such a good team. I, I wish I had more, but at this point, like I, it's hard to go in and plow. What what's timber? Is he like three? He's probably yeah. Like you can't you can't do it now. It's no. impossible now. Um, I, yeah, like I can't just go in there and. Oh, he's literally. It was literally three a second ago on the. He's three point seven five. Is low offer. Yeah, probably the, the auction just closed three. at three. Okay, so yeah, so like I. I would love that card. I wish I had that card. I just don't have that card. So and then like at this point, like I'm if he stays there, he just smashes. Like if you got yeah. an extra like if he stays there next year, like just absolute smashes. Um but it's mm, yeah, like he's just so good. He really is. Three, yeah. Three ETH for rare just feels nuts. Yeah, That's if I'm gonna pay three ETH for rare at this point, like I'm buying What's Neymar? Neymar was three. Is he still under? Yeah, Neymar is pretty much the same price. Like I'd probably buy Neymar, or like I'd put it towards Kimmich. Right. Yeah. But really, like, I'm knocking. Like you said, like I don't want to do that for a rare. I want to do that for a right. super rare. But that said, it would really be beneficial for my teams personally because I have some really good super rare midfielders, which therefore allows me to play a rare defender if I want. Right. So, like, for example, like, this week, I'm pretty – like, I had Masrao. I didn't play him because I just, I just never trust him anymore. Um, so, I didn't play him in my D3 line. But, like, so my D3 rare line – or super rare, rare pro lineup is Bijlow, Malaysia, super rare, generally, like, in Gonzalez or Sangare or, like, I have new ones, like, Kangwa and Glebob that I haven't got to use yet. So, like, I have good options. And then forwards, like, Carlson or Lang. But – Having a timber that I could just plug in would be very helpful for that lineup. I just, I probably should consider getting it. I just haven't done it. Well, you've clearly considered it. I have. I've considered it for, I would say, at least two to three months I've considered getting timber. And his price, when I probably considered, let's see, was probably around one and a half. So I probably started considering him around one and a half. So he's doubled since then. He's doubled since then. He was over the summer. He was under 0.4. His rare in the summer was like 0.25 ish. Do you remember when we all were laughing when a bottle board bought like four of them at like one and a half and two, and we were like, "That's ridiculous." There was probably a lot of things we laughed at with a bottle board, but it's probably all turned back out to be a good thing for him on literally every purchase he made. Literally everything. We're all just like, look at this ridiculous prices. I'm, and now I'm like, pretty oh. sure people made fun of someone for buying his unique. I don't remember which one. Um, Timber's like, unique? Yeah. So Timber's unique went for 28. And people were like, I can't believe you paid 28. It was a bottom or paid 28 for Timber unique. People are like, I can't believe it. It's literally the best U23 card out there by far. Right. Yeah. By far. Um, by far. Yeah. Like, I don't think. I don't know how much he could sell it for today, but definitely over 28. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, like that's just such a smash card. Man. So uh, thanks for everybody who's checking in on the chat. I see Mike Baston was in, although not first. Uh, Bob Flynn, Chani, good to see you. So rare, Sammy. I think I saw, oh, Josh, because I knew Josh would be interested in this topic. I sent out this tweet that 
I had some IX information. Josh immediately liked it because Josh runs an IX stack. So anything regarding IX, Josh is like the first person I think of. Um, so we've been doing some research at SoRare Data about stacks and kind of which ones are the most successful. And I, like, we all know that IX stacks are the best ones. Like, I don't think anybody can like reasonably argue that there are better ones. Like Bayern can crush and Real Madrid can crush sometimes, but, and, you know, thankfully you don't have to like run up against IAC stacks and champion Europe, but when it comes down to it, the IAC stacks are just so much better. And basically our research shows that it almost doesn't matter which five you have. Like yeah. that's how crazy it is. It will. So, realistically speaking, they have, so the goalie is the goalie, obviously. Yeah. You have three defenders that score elite that never really have any questions in Blind, uh, Timber, and Martinez. Martinez. Then you have, realistically, midfield is probably the only issue spot, which I think you you showed, uh, because mm -hmm. none of the mids are great, and then all three forwards just smash their face off. So like, if you have like goalie, defender, forward, and then either a defender or forward, it doesn't really matter which one you have, realistically. Right. Like, like the best makeup is goalie, two defenders, literally any midfielder and one of the smash forwards. Yeah. And, and realistically, that's, I think that's how, if you were doing it, you could differentiate is you have those four and then you put in a good midfielder. Cause like the best midfielder is probably still Gravenberch, right? And he yes. is like, you're talking with Gravenberch, like a 52 L40. And I don't think Alvarez is much better if he is better at all. And then I don't, I think Klassen's worse. Yeah. So Alvarez is like 53. So like, but you could, you could throw in a better midfielder. Like I've seen a lot of lineups with like Kaku or something in there with the U23 perspective. Like if you threw in like a, uh, a legit good mid, I think that would give you a leg up on that stack a little bit um, compared yeah. to people who are just running the full stack. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good observation. Um, so pretty much what we were doing is and i didn't do any of this pap did it all but so we looked at like the best five-man stacks when it comes to all teams and like how they basically the way that i sorted it was like minimum 10 games together and um what the highest like average point uh points across the board is and it was like all right like which teams make up the best stacks and the answer is literally just any combination of iax like it the top I think in the top 100, they made up either 99 or 100 of the top combinations. And you just think of like, like we just said, you could do, you know, if it's Passvir, Martinez, Timber, Gravenberch, Hilaire, or the first four, and then Tadic, first, and there's like tons of combinations that you can make. They all work. <laughs> like it all depends on like what you... Um, like what combinations you use. Yeah, and the defenders are so stable, which is obviously why you want the defenders. But right. the forwards, like, they all get decisive. I mean, it doesn't really matter which... Obviously, you'd prefer Tadic, but, like, that's why the it's better to have the defenders compared to, like, the double forward stack. Because, like, you look at, like, Haller, obviously, at a 100 last week. A lot of his games are, like, 60s, 70s. Most of the time, the defenders are cracking that because they just are absolutely smashing... Um, right. All of the defenders just absolutely eat and absolutely just pile points. So if you, like, would you run all five if you had them or do, would you take Timber and Martinez out to run in U23? Well, that's the whole thing. I think what you want is you just want everyone. And what you want to do is like, so for example, I think you want the goalie. I don't think the goalie matters as much per se, but like they've given up four goals on the entire season. Like, it's still only four. Uh, it was as of two games ago. I don't think they conceded to 20, and I don't think they conceded the game before where I looked at it. Because um, I actually I put in a bet that I thought that uh, whoever they played the game before was going to score. I think it was like it was like Heracles. They played mm -hmm. like Heracles, but it was the game where like everyone was rumored to be out, and then everyone ended up playing. So I was like, if everybody's out, and it's just like a completely missed mangled lineup that's like not people to play together normally i could see them conceding but like, yeah you like you look at pass fear it's like 60 60 60 60 because he doesn't do anything right so goalie 
I don't care about. Obviously, I do think he's the most likely person to get a shutout because or clean sheet because he is. But you can get another goalie that maybe has better upside or similar situation on a given week. Um, you want like a Timber. You want like a Blend. You want a Lissandro. Then you want the mids. I don't think it matters as much per se. And then the forwards, like I think realistically, if you have any, all three forwards is great too. And then what you do is like you run um, what I would say for a lineup would be like you run like Pasveer, Blend, Tadich, Howler, or Bergwies. And then in U23, you run both young defenders, Anthony, Gravenberg, and right. just plow. And uh, it's really good. The thing is, is I think that so there's a lot of validity in running this, and there's a lot of validity in having this stack. As you can see, like this stack's going to cost you about nine ETH, but it's going to re- it's going to return that in a season super easily, probably pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. The the issue is is that what we saw last week, I'm pretty sure people were talking about it. I didn't follow this as closely as what I was seeing, but like I saw a lot of tweets about it, obviously, and I knew a our IX uh, smash, but Every lineup at the top was the same. And it was just a battle of like, oh, I have a better um, XP than you, or like, I have the right five. That's great, but like, especially if you're running it in rare and you're like 20th of the IAC stacks, that's not the best. Like, yeah. that, if you're going to finish 20th when the team literally hits 100% best outcome, and I mean, I know they hit it a lot, but like, that's not like the best per se. Like I want to have a chance to win. I want to have a chance to, to smash. And there, again, there's nothing wrong with getting 20th and getting a tier one or, or something like that's great. Like I, I think, and that's why I said like, there's a lot of validity in this and there's a lot of uh, sense that would make sense that it is the best line to run. But what's your take on the stack? I know people obviously complain about it. Um, from a perspective they can't compete with it, which is true. The idea with stacking is more so to, generally speaking with stacking, the idea is it's so that you stack a lower level team that has a good matchup and could smash for that given week and get you a reward similar to like what an Ajax guy would do. Now that said, it's sort of shifted to where people are just stacking the best team, which works um, clear, but like what's your thoughts on the whole stacking situation and everything? Yeah. So, it's true though. Like you were, I think, with the first person that talked to me about it at least, and it was on one of the early Sober Andrews podcasts where you were. I mean, you were talking about Inter, the Chicago Fire stack. You're like, I don't need this to pay off every week. I just need it to hit once or twice, and it will work. And I think there were enough people. You know, all the arguments that went into it. You know, you pretty much only need to track the injuries for one team, and if they smash, then there's probably the entire team there. You know, they're all playing at the same time because they're on the same team. And everyone's like, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. And then it was like, wait, what if I just do this with Bayern or Ajax or Madrid? And then all of a sudden it was like all of those things that applied there other than it was cheap. Although back then, now looking at prices, it was cheap. But it makes sense. And so I don't think, like, I think stacks are perfectly fine. I think Ajax breaks the game a little bit. But like you said, there are ways to get around it. They're, they're not the best in every position. And so, uh, you know, you can replace Gravenberch with Kokchu or somebody else um, and, and maybe kind of beat it out that way. But the, just the, the use of the stacks, I think, is perfectly fine. And I think we're just going to keep seeing it. But I think the other kind of, I mean, it's not an issue, but we, I think there's kind of a general expectation that this Ajax team is not going to be the same team next year. Like people are going to leave. That's why everybody's buying Pershers already because they think Timber's going to leave or Martinez or whoever. But I guess the expectation is the scores will be the same. But, you know, new manager, who knows? You know, they're just like a lot of variables. And I think that's something that people say when they don't have the stacks while the people that have them just keep winning. And they're like, oh, I'll just worry about when it breaks up next year. And I think if you have the stack, that's what you do. You're like, don't. As much as we try to be like, you should, you know, think ahead and figure out the years of utility and everything. But like, if you're winning everything now, just keep winning. Just do it. Yep. No, I mean, Sammy talked about it and uh, stuff will happen to players. When the players leave, they're they're going to lose value. Mm-hmm. Um, like Timber's not on this team. He is not worth his price, which is, again, why I can't justify going and paying that. 
because if Timber leaves, realistically, if Timber goes to any team in the world other than Bayern, he's not worth near what he's worth. Um, I'm not even sure he's players, worth as much there. The only players I think can get an upgrade if they move is someone like Gravenberch because he could go to a team where he has more freedom to be involved, which is good for him, obviously. Um, but it's a interesting situation where the, the I don't think it matters who the coaches of of Ajax and what is going on there because they're going to be way better than every other team in the league and it does not matter. Um, so it's really going to be like that's why people are buying parachures. The thing is, to me, you just want the team for a season. I, I've talked about it before. Um, you're looking for one year. Obviously, you want guys to be valid for more than one year, but like if you can pay off the whole team in one year, it doesn't matter. You right. paid off the entire team. Um, so like I think that there's a lot of sense to be made in the fact of like buying ahead if you can. Uh, so for example, like people have bought parachutes. I, I have one as a reward, but I think there's some sense to be made with that. There are people that are out there buying the divine wrench. Mm -hmm. And I think that he is, he's not cheap though. He's at 0.65, which I don't think is really beneficial because that's like pretty much what Maz Rowley's at now. Although wrench is a lot cheaper or a lot younger. So like wrench, if he gives you like two seasons there, it's, it smashes. But like you're looking at these guys, um, that if you can get the next person in line for this team, like there was originally talk, I know it didn't happen when Christian Erickson was looking for a new team. There was rumors of Erickson going to Ajax. If Erickson went to Ajax and his, his old self, what he used to be, would have been an absolute smasher, would just be an unbelievable player. But so I think there's going to be some uh, sense to be made going forward in the idea of buying ahead and like buying players before they're smashing for Ajax with the hopes that they get that role. Um but there's also the possibility of new game modes that we've we've heard rumors about. If there's a new game mode that either limits stacking or limits uh, how good of players you can have in lineups, it might make these guys not worth as much or worth more maybe. But like, let's say that there's some sort of mode where you can only have like two Ajax players. Well, that means that like all the people that have stacks can't use them all in the lineups they probably necessarily want to use them in maybe they'll sell some of them maybe it'll make uh, prices go down in them but also if you have a situation where you like can't have stacking it's a lot more viable to run just good pieces from different teams and, and jam those in do you think just everybody bails on gravenberch i think everyone already has i i don't know i he's he's such a weird case because i know you're a big fan of his like when you look at like he's the worst scorer of the group of like yeah. the guys that you would really want to stack but i think you can make the argument that he has like the highest career upside yes and so it's that weird one where you kind of like have to have him i mean you don't have to but like you feel like you should have one but you're almost making your current lineup your current lineups worse with him but you want him now before he's doubled in price because he's like banging in wherever so, for whoever his so like like if we look at all the everyone like everyone's career upside is at its ceiling now everyone except for him in my opinion um mm -hmm. every other starter is at their absolute peak that they will ever get to where except for him um and so like my view on him is that he is solid enough now to play assume like so he's in a he had COVID or whatever he had and is in a little bit of a sticky situation with whether or not he'll play uh certain games but when he's playing every game, he is fine enough to put him in a lineup. Um, and then the long-term future, like I talked about it before on a different show. I think it was with you, but it might not have been. His career possible trajectory is Kimmich. Right. Because yeah, you said it here. He's like a central midfielder that takes set pieces that has massive potential to play for a massive team elsewhere. So if Gravenberch ends up going, let's say in, in the future, he ends up with um, Bayern. Mm -hmm. and he just plops into that like chemic role. And all of a sudden he takes set pieces. This guy's ceiling is, is tremendous because he could yeah. be a champion Europe guy that actually sees an improvement in his SO5 score compared to what he is now. 
Is it likely? No, it's not likely. But like Tadish is not going to be a 70 point per game player elsewhere. Yuri and Timbers are not. But going we've to seen be... that. <laughs> what? Like we've seen it. He's yeah, not... we, we know what to do. Like these guys, and like I'm, I'm not even saying anything negative about Timber or anything. Like Timber could be a great prospect, but like to be that good as a defender, you need to be dominant on a dominant team. On a dominant team, yeah. And there are not many teams that are dominant like that, especially at the Champ Europe level, which is where he will likely go. So you are literally talking about Bayern or Liverpool. And that's it. And Liverpool's not that dominant compared to, to to other things. It's pretty much like Bayern or bust. Um, yeah, Gravenberch is likely to leave. Um, and there's going to be a lot of people to leave. So the Ajax team is going to be completely made over. But if, if you bring in someone that, like, for example, like Masrawi leaves, which I expect, and Wrench is the locked-in starter right back. All right, Wrench is worthwhile. Daily Blind, I think, is the most likely person not to leave. Him and Tadic probably don't leave. Um, especially blend though. Blend's probably just there, which Does is why like I kind of just look to blend. I don't really think that I want a daily blend. Um I do kind of want one, but I also it's hard to justify, but like daily blends like an ETH and you get just an absolute smasher that just goes out there and plows big games out for you over and over again. He's not quite as good as the other defenders, but he actually maybe has a little bit more upside because when they have uh really good games, he generally will get a decisive. Uh, or has a better chance at one. It's a pretty um, wild score graph for a left back. It is. And he's under he's under an ETH. He's uh he's only 0.9-ish. Um, and he's not that old to where he's dead. Yeah, he's gonna probably give you a couple years of solid production. Um, but yeah, the, you have a lot of injury concerns with Blend over the past. You have a lot of mileage on him, you have the heart issue as well. So, like there's a lot of things of concern with Blend to to some extent, but I think there's a possibility he moves to center back too, though. And that can really mess up everybody's plans. Yeah, well, that I mean, he moves to center back would uh, be smash. Um, Kickpree is still with FC20. He's been out all year with... He's had like a back injury, right? Yeah, back injury. Um, I thought they sold him. Let me check. I have a Paris... Uh, I had his rare and sold him. Actually, no, he does go back to Ajax. He's under contract with Ajax till 2024. But like, I don't know if he is a long-term solution for them or not because he was playing consistently and was pretty good with 20 and then uh had he's had like three straight injuries slash covid that really screwed him up so i'm not sure if he goes back but again like it doesn't i don't think it matters who it is it's just said that whoever's there while they're this dominant is going to be really productive right simple as that (laughs) doesn't matter who doesn't matter who they're going to be productive so it's a situation where you just want to p- sort of play ahead. So like forwards, like is Haller the long-term solution? He might be. He's old enough where he might not leave again. Um, I don't know if he has another like move to a champion Europe team to to be a bench warmer. Um, Brobby got brought back on loan, but I don't think he stays and he's too young to realistically stay. Yep. Tadich is going to stay. Bergwies probably stays because he came this year. So, like, does he really um, does he really leave? But, like, all these other guys have the potential to move on and move up, which is obviously concerning. But, like, if you can get ahead on things, like, all of a sudden, so, like, Hatterin moved back there. Does Hatterin become someone that plays every day? If he does, I'm going to tell you what, his price is going to go up. Sure. Um, and any of these other players, like, Anthony is going to leave. So, like, does Deramay become a guy that is – in the starting line, or like, does Danilo become a guy in the starting line? Because if they do, they're going to be significantly uh, increased in their price. I do think like Schurz is the best, uh, the best bet. He seems to be the best person to come in. And I will also say that like, obviously you want these guys to be U23. Like you'd love the fact that they're U23, but it doesn't matter. Like, are you really pissed off at Daily Blend averaging like 68 points per game? No, you're, you're okay <laughs> Um, you do obviously not have the ability to use them in U23, but I'm sure you're just fine with that production. Yeah, I mean, you can make the full stack without a U23. Yeah, it, it, like, it doesn't matter. And like like you said, you could bring two stacks, basically. I mean, you're not going to get a U23 goalie out of Ajax, but yeah. at least not this year. Like, Schur's, Schur's last here's Schur's last three starts, 67, 69, 67. That's fine. Doesn't matter who's, doesn't matter who's in. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, so the IAC situation is very interesting because they are that much better than all the alternatives out there. So it's a it's an interesting decision. And I'm interested to see what Sower does because I do think you and I obviously come from the DFS background where there are limitations to how many players you can play on certain teams to some extent yeah. um, due to in two things, the salary cap and uh, you actually have to have players on multiple different teams. I think that so rare should move towards like a, you have to have three players per team or you have to have three teams in your line. Three teams represented. Yeah. And, and that would also help them in terms of like ruling out uh weekly specials or not weekly specials, but like when there's one game, like in Asia this week, there was the front tail game. They could just not have it open for one game. And I think that would be something that's good for them too. Um, So I'm interested to see where the progression goes with all of that. But it's really in their hands. I I talk about... um, So people complain about the Matrix or people complain about the IX stacks and whatnot. You knew all these things. Like you talk about it all the time uh, with people that play like Donnarumma and you always just laugh when people play Donnarumma and then complain about Donnarumma getting a DNP. It's like, you know, this is the situation. This is not some like earth shattering revelation that all of a sudden Kaylor Navas is getting a start. It's like, that's what they do. Uh, same thing with like, you you know, on the platform that like Ajax is gonna obliterate everyone and therefore it's a great stack to have so um it's just very confusing to me of why people get all up in arms about like uh people complain about i know our buddy axa who i don't i don't see him in here today but he complains about the sideway passing expertise that is jerry and timber it's like that was in the matrix you yeah. knew that was in the matrix so if you know that that's how he's going to smash and score well then don't complain about it because that's that's a known thing, but uh, what do you, do you have? You don't have an IX stack in limited, do you? I don't own a single IX player. Not one. Not one. Interesting. I I won a Graven Birch limited a few months ago and immediately sold it. So I was like, I don't need this guy's not. I, I don't need this guy. And to be honest, I get like it's probably up in price by now. I haven't looked recently, but like I haven't. There hasn't been a point where I go to set my lineups and I'm like, man, wish I had great grabbing Birch in here. Like, it's just not. I will say, so I'm probably at a point where if I got a, um, if I got a like Tadish or something as a reward, or if I got like a Timber as a reward, I would probably buy out the rest of the stack uh, in terms of what I have. Yeah, people, th- there's a difference. Alejandro between like people complaining about the matrix in terms of like wanting to change. And then there's people that just complain like this guy scored well, all he does is sideward pass. And like, that's like, you shouldn't, he shouldn't be get doing that well, but, but it's, I agree. The matrix needs changed or tweaked. Not, not heavily. I don't really have an issue with the defender scoring outside of there needs to just not be as much punishment to fullbacks that send in crosses. Um, but otherwise I don't have an issue with the center back pricing, but yeah, there's a difference between like people complaining about the matrix and then people complaining about a person scoring well, knowing the matrix that is in front of them. Right. 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 I'm going to, I'll continue to respectfully disagree about the fullbacks, but you think that they should be punished for losing balls? Yeah. Oh, okay. Think- I'm okay with that. So like, maybe I would say, instead of punishing that people for losing possession, I would give more points for completing a cross or something like that yeah i think i think the i think you i think what people are upset about is the difference between center backs and fullbacks specifically and i think the easy way to do it is just to try to limit whatever these timber sideways passes get so many points for i don't think we need to like stop punishing fullbacks because i i think a pointless cross into the box is fine to say that's worth nothing I guess being worth negative points is bad, but like I've long looked at fullbacks like forwards. Like if they don't score, if they don't get a decisive, then they're not going to score that well. And I think that's fine. So, yeah. I, to some extent, I think there needs to be some adjustment. Uh, yeah. I think we should actually do a smash or pass segment layered. So next, next show you'll have to set up a, a smash or pass segment. Thanks, yeah, I, The issue isn't 
there is some sort of disconnect and, and maybe there just needs to be, and this is probably something we can't do because we're too far along, but like there probably should have been a different matrix for like fullbacks compared to center backs. I, th I think the easy way to do it is just where the possession is lost. Yeah, if you lose possession by your own goal, that is much worse than losing it by the other goal. And so I don't know if Opta has that stuff. I would assume so, but I don't know. There's, that is there. Um, so there is a team that I don't want to say competes with Ajax in terms of stacks, but they're not. So when you look at the list, it's just literally like five Ajax, four, you know, one different Ajax, and it's just a constant list of Ajax. But there is one team that sporadically puts in a team that can compete with some of these Ajax stacks. They're not on the platform yet, oh. technically. I think there's a, at least a few cards out there that have this shirt on it. But guess what the other team is? What is Scottish League? Probably Celtic. Celtic. Yeah. So like Celtic stacks are going to be the way to compete with Ajax stacks. And sense. they will probably be on the platform as soon as they get rid of stacking. <laughs> probably. I don't, I don't know how to fully approach. The issue is that I think stuff is known so well right now that the Celtic prices are going to be just as much, if not more, than the Ajax stacks to begin with. Uh, totally agree. Going to do that. Totally agree. Because it just maybe it's just the people that I follow, but there are too many people that I know that are just like I have sold a bunch of cards so I can buy Celtic players when they get on the platform. <laughs> and when you have the combination of lots of people who just want Celtic cards, and then the other people who just want elite scores, the the prices are not going to be fun. That's actually an interesting one from Percha there. I'm looking it up right now. Dynamo Zagreb could be um, a team that smashes as well. Um, no, it doesn't look so. It doesn't look like they do that well. Um, Midweek utility, at least. It really, yeah, it really is, though. It's like the best team in the league. How much better mm -hmm. is that team than the remainder of the league? Or And it's realistically, like, you have to... You have to hold possession so much. The way the matrix is set up, you have to run a high press so that you get a lot of interceptions, a lot of duels in the, for people. And then you also have to dominate possession because there's so much points. Like I, I was watching, I forget what game it was. Um, oh, I was watching the New York City game last week and the, things changed as the game went on. But the first five minutes of the game, Talons and Shanat both had like, four passes that were like long passes into the opposition half. They both picked up like seven points in the first five minutes of the game, just purely by making like one pass from just on their side of the midfield right. line into like to the other. Yeah. Yeah. They were literally just passing the ball to gray or Amundsen or whoever the other fullback was for them. And it was literally like, that's where you generate your points. So like mm -hmm. Ajax generates all their points from run, running high press. That's the same way. Like the, that Bayern dominates their, stuff as well like they just run a super high press which therefore leads lots of those defensive stats that you need and then also those defenders just sit there and they just pick a pass that's literally like a super basic pass to the fullback higher up the pitch and boom a point and a half and then like they do that like five times like boom seven and a half points yeah it's just super simple generation of points that they generate and the more dominant you are the more that happens compared to obviously if you're not dominant you don't have possession i i think I've definitely mentioned it to you at some point, but I don't think it was on any of these shows. But I think that's one of the reasons why the New York City FC defenders aren't that great is because their uh, home pitch is so small that they're almost like they would be in the opponent's opposition half if they were playing somewhere else. But because they're not, they're still on their side of the pitch. And so they don't get those like final third passes. Like they don't they can't move up enough because the field is so small that it yeah. gets too congested. And I'm, I'm basing this purely on spec, like visual speculation. I haven't looked at any stats here, but if you look like New York city FC have enough games where like their defenders should score really well. And you look down and then there's like Callens and Chanel with like, you know, 49s in a, in a clean sheet. And you're just like, how did this happen? But like, they, they just don't have to move up that much because they physically can't because like the field is too tight. Um, I don't know why I brought that up just now. No, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. Fullbacks. I think that all makes sense um, 100%. I, I think that it's that's very difficult to to generate. 
So are you ready for the, we're not going to have a PSU pump of the week. We're going to have a PSU. You should sell this guy if you have him of the week. Ooh. Do you know who it is? I, told, I, I mentioned somewhere that you're in a chat with me the other day. Um, I don't remember it was being somebody that I own. So I it was, you would never own this guy. You would have sold him already. Oh, okay. I, so the dump of the week. Yeah. The PSU dump of the week is Murek. If you have Murek, oh, you yeah. sell Murek, you're crazy. Like, People are talking about how good he is and he's a goalie cheat code stuff. I'm like, so here's the thing. One, he's on loan. So that's one. He's likely not going to be on this team next year. Maybe he will. Who knows? It's it's a possibility. Two, this guy literally, and this is not a bad thing. I've talked about it before with you. He is only viable because he gets absolutely pelted with shots every game and does not give up three goals. Right. That is the only reason, and he, he's getting keepers and he's getting uh, keeper sweepers and he's getting smothers, but like this is just not a sustainable long-term goalie production. The, and the all-around scores are nuts. Now people are paying, like he is literally a top end. I think he's the top U23 goalie right now outside of Diego Costa. Um, I, I he might even be above Diego Costa. I'm not even sure. Um, so Diago Costa is more, and Vandevoort's probably more. He's probably third. But, like, it just does not make sense to own that card, in my opinion. Like, I wouldn't <laughs> either, to be fair. But, like, at least with Slonina, you have a lot longer of a runway um, that makes a little bit more sense. And, and some of these other guys make no sense to me either. But, like... Murek just not a guy that I would be owning at 1.5 E. Yeah, I think what some people, like I think people misunderstand the thing about the loan in that it's not that he goes back to Man City to sit, but it's that he just goes anywhere else. And I mean, he could end up in a good situation. We don't know. But there's like significant unknown risk there. And so... I think that's the problem um, is that, yeah, you're, you're basically paying, I mean, at this point too, you're paying an ETH and a half for a guy for another three months. Yeah. And then like purely just like hoping he goes somewhere else that allows him to score like this. Yeah. I want to see, I want to see how many games they have left. They probably have, let's see. It's Turkey. So it's probably like six games. games left. They have 12 games left. So you're literally paying 1.5 ETH for 12 games and then a big uncertainty on where he goes. That just is not a good option. Because myself personally, like, he's not a – I know obviously Man City owns him, but like this isn't a guy that is a knockdown, like great prospect like some of these other guys. Like He is – not that. So, like, I think if you're paying 1.5 for him, like, if you have him right now, just get your 1.5, go buy someone else that's a U23 goalie that starts, move on is what I would do. I think the difficulty, like, the biggest problem with him, and it's, like, the biggest risk, is that he is the backup at Man City. Like, the downside is, like, a worthless player. Like, there's It's not a downside that he goes to, like, a bad team and just gets like, you know, and gives up four goals every game. Like the downside is literally he does not play. And I mean, if I had him at point three, I'd keep playing him. But I I don't, I mean, I don't have him at all. But yeah, it's, it feels, it feels risky. And not to say that you like can't win cards with him through these last 12 games. You obviously have four other players that need to step up while he puts up these scores. But Yeah. So do you want to pump somebody after they sell Murich? No, I, I just wouldn't own Murich. I, I, we're, no, we're no, no, no. Having... Do you want to pump someone else of like somebody just sold Murich? Who should they go buy? I think you could buy Vandevort. Like you don't, yeah. I think my, I've had said this for a while. If you don't own a Vandevort and you're like playing seriously and you're trying to play U23 seriously, I think it's a mistake. Uh, I, what cards do you think that are the U23 goalies that you would recommend? Well, um, I don't want to say like I'm biased because we're like all biased, but like I have Vandevort and I specifically got Vandevort because of, um, because of the longevity of U23. Like I had Bijlow and was like, he's, he's going to lose his U23 this season. I probably sold too early 
Um, but I just was willing to go with Vandevort. I think Vandevort has like two clean sheets since I bought him six months ago, it feels like. But you wasted um, both of them too, I remember. What's that? You said you wasted both of them too. Yeah, I wasted both of them. That's correct. Um, so yeah, I think I mean a lot of these guys, we I mean, we've talked about this a few times. Like a lot of these guys lose U twenty three this summer anyway. So um, you know, you're kind of stuck. But I don't know. I I mean where is Costa now? 2.3. Like, yeah. I, I don't see why Vandevoort is so much cheaper, like almost a full ETH cheaper. I mean, we, we both know we what we would about. recommend here too. Like it's the same player that we've talked about before. Day 10 kook is 0.6. And why, why is that? Where is he? Uh, he's just too cheap in my opinion. Um, for a guy that is a locked in starter, has another year of U23, yeah, he obviously has issues being on Mechelen and they can see quite a few goals, but when they don't, he generally has a pretty strong game. Um, his all-around is pretty good. Like, he's literally Murek, except for his team is giving up three goals a game. Um, but he's, like, locked-in starter. I think he's a really good option. Like, I, anyone that's trying to play U23 on a budget, like, I, that's your guy. Like, you can buy his super rare for, like, the same price you can buy a Murek rare. Which, and, then, like, you might even be able to get that cheaper. I'm not sure. But, like, I think he's a great option. Um, I, I think so for me, the, the, the thing is, as you look through this list of the U23 goalies that we all, we obviously talk about this uh, frequently. Um, but you have the people that I think are legit high end prospects are Diogo Costa, Bichlo and Vandevoort. Is there anyone else that you think is like a legit high end prospect? Uh, Thomas Hazel. Yeah. Okay. Um, where's that at actually? No. <laughs> did he hit two? Did he hit like the th three ETH for his rares yet? So you can talk about his upside. I mean, the the upside was well. There is no upside at point six, is what I was told. Yeah, I don't consider ten to fifteen percent upside. I consider that like a small gain on what he was at. I mean, so there was percentage wise in a month. I think point seven seven we got up to. I mean. He could grow. I think he. I think he could get to one, one and a half even, because uh, there's just not much in Americas, and there's not Asia. So I was talking with someone about that. Yeah, Alejandro. I think Osako starts. Um, I do think that he's like oh Safnov. That's a good call, Hendo. Oh yeah, Safnov's a, a good prospect as well. Safnov's a great one because and he's Safnov's a good one to have. I would be more pro Safnov if the issue is so like Russia is. As we like know, they just never play. Well, so the issue is here's the issue with Russia based on how Sober does things. The prize pools are absolutely atrocious at the beginning of the seasons because new cards aren't out. Um, and also, so new new thing with Sober is prize pools are absolutely terrible when there is not that many teams playing. Mm -hmm. Russia starts before everybody else, which means that you're getting the start of the worst of the worst in terms of. Uh, cards so, like they started I think this year in like early August and then like uh, like Arriva Divisi played started in like September give or take like it was literally like a month difference so yeah. like 40% of the Russia season is like during a dumpster fire where you don't have um, where you don't have like the good cards back in like you don't have the Ajax players or like good cards back in the player pool because they're not there yet Kresnor's first game was July 25th. Okay, yeah. So, like, they played in July, and I think everyone else started in, like, end of August or September. So, like, you have – or at least mid-August. So, like, you're talking, like – It's, a, it's weeks, four, though. Yeah, you're talking, like, three or four weeks where they're the only team, which could be good except for the fact they don't give out cards at that time of the year because there's no one playing. Similarly, then you probably – it takes, like, let's say a month to get their Reba VC cards on or, like, uh, Champ Europe cards like Bayern and teams like that. All of a sudden, you're like two months into the Russia season, and that's when stuff gets good. Also, Russia then takes such a long winter break, and they just start back up when Asia and America are going. So, like, realistically, like, the Russian season isn't that much different than the America and Asia season from a perspective of, like, you can just have Asian players, and, like, they cover all but, like, two months of what the uh, – the Russian players cup. So when yeah. did the Russians uh, go off for the season? It was like mid December. That's when they went to their winter break. 
Yeah, so, it's like mid-December to mid-February. Yeah, so like America and Asia ran through the end of October. So like you have like a month and a half window where they're not playing. It's like it's not that great of a difference compared to like other European players. Is you get legitimate four months where they are playing and America and Asia is not. Um, but I, I so I will say so like in Asia, I do believe Osaka starts from what I'm seeing. I think Oki is a coin flip. I'm not sure if he starts. <laughs> sure feels like it. We'll yeah, I don't think he starts, but maybe, and he might eventually start also. And then if he doesn't start, I would buy an Oki because I think at some point Oki's going to start. Um, and then you have Tanny, but Tanny can't play two games a year because he can't play against Gamba, which isn't huge, but it is something. Like if you see Tanny and you're like, all right, I can't play him 5% of the season, like that's that is something. He, um, he, has then, a, he has a little hidden upside though of like when he goes back because Gamba is much better. Gamba in theory should be a better team. So I do agree with that. He also has the went to train with Fort, uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf. Oh, yeah. Gang too. So he has yeah. that. <laughs> so I don't know if you want that. So like you have like, and then you lost uh, Gohatano. You're going to lose Sung Byung Kun in yep. like three months. There's not much in Asia. And then America, it's like Slonina, who I don't know what the deal is with Slonina. Like, I'm not even sure if he's locked in starter or anything. That's how little I know about I, what the deal is with him at the moment. I think he's more likely a locked in starter for this year. And yeah. then the, the problem is, is that his two to th- four year outlook is a backup somewhere in Europe. Yeah, which is not great. And then you have Hazel and you have um, Pace. Oh, for three months. And Ochoa, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you're talking. There is not much going on in the summer. Uh, we're looking, I think, at less U23 goalies this summer than we had last summer. Oh, the beer shitter game is at risk too now. I mean, that they should just forfeit that game to be fair to save themselves a little bit of time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like you're talking like last summer, I think we had eight to ten goalies U23 this year. I'm looking at like six. Now that said, like, hey, maybe someone pops up in um Mexico or Brazil, or you sure. get someone else, or like anywhere, like anyone could pop up. Like, let's not uh, take that away. Like, it's definitely a possibility, but it's looking bleak. And if we're literally at like six U23 goals, so like I'll give an example with with my gallery is I have Tanny, super rare and rare. I have Oki, super rare, rare. I have Osako, super rare. I don't own any of the Americans. I think that's it. So, so like, let's say Oki doesn't start, which I think is going to happen. And then I only have a Tanny rare, Tanny super rare, and Osako super rare. Osako could not start too. And then all of a sudden, like, let's say Tanny plays Gambo Osaka. All of a sudden, I'm just without a U23 goalie and have nothing. So there's a really high chance that I have to go and get one. What is your U23 goalie exposure like in the summer? Uh, do you, you have in Hazel. What else do you have? Um... Well, I, I sold Hitano only because, I mean, he wasn't going to be the starter anyway. Um, I think Hazel actually might be it. I had Juan Romero at Rosario, but he was benched immediately after I got him, which is really fun. Um, I, I just have, like, speculative ones yeah. at that point. Like, I still have this Durso card. I've got Hunter Salty, who's like a 17-year-old kid with Portland. But, like, Hazel's the only thing I got in the summer. And I, I thought about buying an Osako. Maybe I pick up an Oki if like it's clear that he's not the starter and the price like plummets. But um, I bought Hazel so cheap that it's like not. I mean, I guess I could buy one another one, but my my summer U twenty threes are not nearly as good as my European ones, and so yeah. it's almost like not worth trying to. And that's I, I'm going to look and see how good my U twenty three is for the summer, and I think it's pretty good, but not elite. And if it's if it's better than I think it is, I'm going to need to buy another U23 goalie, almost certainly. Um, maybe even two. I might even need to buy two. So I'm, I'm hoping to win one. I would like to just win one. Uh, but otherwise, like I probably am going to have to go buy. I would probably buy because I own all the the, the ones in. I was going to say you have to go to the America. To the I have America. to go to America. I don't think I would buy a. I don't want to pay 1.5 for a Choa either, though. Ochoa is probably closer to one. His last sale was at one. So, like, assuming someone would sell at one, like, I would probably go buy Ochoa at one. The issue is he scores so terribly 
because the way that Salt Lake City plays is just so bad for goalies. And they're um, likely, I, I mean, I, MLS is so weird, but they're likely worse this year than they, they were They should be year. worse. I mean, they lost their best player by far. Um, so I am not sure what my plan is. And I haven't been sure of what my plan is for a while because I don't know what to do. Because if Oki's fine, I'm realistically okay. I just am not sure. But I also know, so the thing is, the reason I haven't really rushed into it or worried that much is I have three months to figure it out. Right. Because I have until Europe ends to to realistically sort things. I actually think I have less MLS goalies than I want to have also because um, I did sell one or trade one in Gillespie and then I just don't have as many locked in guys as I would like to have realistically speaking. I bought two in December and have already sold them. Who'd you buy? I bought Maurer and Fry. Maurer I sold like a week later and Fry I sold on Tuesday. Yeah, who's old and you don't want him anyways. Well, yeah. yeah. I didn't see who I even have. I don't even know who I have at this moment. Um, I did look at it recently, but I didn't even. So rare goalies, I have Willis. Turner, but Turner doesn't really count because he's effectively gone. I have a Sean Johnson unique, which I'm not going to count because that just is its own D1 lineup. I have an Eloy Room super rare, which is a good card to have. I have a Maurer, which I don't think he starts, but maybe he does. Uh, I have a Marcinkowski. I have a Sean Johnson rare. You got a bunch. Yeah, this is less than I'm comfortable with because America and Asia are just the only things in the summer. So you need to have so many of them. Um, I have a Steve Clark rare. Is Clark starting for Houston? I haven't even looked. Yeah. Okay, so I have Clark rare and then I have a Bill Hamid. So I have six rares and a super rare. Oh, I also have an Andre Blake. Super oh, yeah. Rare. You got two super rares. Yeah. So I have two super rares and six rares, but... Which is which is good, but the problem is, is like I think my Asia is also relatively limited, um, and so like my Asian gold tenders are like I have a Gonda and Tanny super rares, I have a Gonda rare, I have a Lee Bum Young rare who I know is starting thanks to the twenty offers I received from him over the last two months. So I'm <laughs> that's the best. Of, there's no better yeah. research than. Uh... Yeah, I don't need to do any. That's the nice thing with goalies. You don't have to because, like, we, you and I have the same philosophy of goalie, and I think pretty much everyone does. I'm never selling you a goalie when they are not starting. Just not doing it. No matter what, doesn't matter how old they are. I'm not selling you if they're not starting. Unless you're getting a price for a starter. Yeah, unless they are getting priced for a starter, then I will sell them. Or they're like 39, and maybe I can get something for them. But otherwise, like I'm like Lee Bum Young is 32. I will not sell him unless he's a starter goalie, and that goes for all my goalies. So, like, I have, like, him who is starting. Then I have, like, Jung Sung Rong is starting. I have, like, four super rares. I have literally no idea whether or not they're starting or not. Yeah. Um, And then I have, like, a Kang Hyun Yu. I have some goalies, but the issue is, is that it's just in the summer, you need to – American Asia needs to supply global, U23, America, and Asia. So you need at least 12 goalies between the two regions to to be able to run full lineups up through D2. Um, And that's a lot of players that you need. Like you realistically, I think in the summer, like for me, for me to run what I want to run in the summer, I need like 18 goalies. Yeah, you need a lot. Yeah, like I need like six super rares and like, 12 rares and that's realistically what i need in the summer so like realistically what we just talked about that's I had, limited <laughs> well yeah i'm not going to do limited i that's if i went to limited, I limited. yeah if i if i need limited i you have yeah you have three limited right there on the screen um so like realistically speaking we just said i have two super rares and six rares in america so i would need like to be comfortable at least like two to three super rares in asia and like six to eight rares, which I probably have right around that amount. So like, I'm probably okay, except for in the U23 area. But like, no one is really, I mean, I'm sure somebody is, but like most people are unprepared for U23 in the summer. Oh uh, yeah, I believe so. What is your, like, what has been your pressing things of need and th- what has been your thoughts going into the summer here? Like, what is, have you been prepared for? And similarly, like, I know you talked about your roost neck, 
super rare. If Nanza is watching, Laird said he would sell it at five ETH Nanza. So go get Adam. But uh, I talked to Nanzo about it. Or Nanzo. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so, like, what are you doing to prepare for the summer? Not even U23, just in general. Like, what's your preparation or like, what are you looking at? Yeah. My expectation is that I'm going to play rare and rare pro in America and All Star and just rare in U23. I don't think. The, the price jump for me, because I need to get at least another goalie and then some super rares, like to play in rare pro. Like I don't, I'm not going to try to like compete in U23 in the summer. Although competing in U23 rare pro with just rares is probably better in the summer than it is during the regular European season. But I still don't think I'm going to get enough like U23 stars. Like I have the the big thing that like hangs over me is Julian Alvarez. And like, if he leaves in July, then I just, I'm out of U23 for a while because you're muted there, Sean. <laughs> I guess you're planning to play uh, D4 with, um, with Alvarez, but like, have you thought of selling Alvarez? Yep. What's your, what's your thoughts and plans with that? Obviously it's a great card and it's a, uh, but for playing like D4, or it's not or it's not really is it worth to have it for d4 purposes I, I think it is um like i think like i said i just think summer u23 is a little easier is easier to play and so he be, you know he becomes like a bigger fish in a smaller pond and what so, is your u23 rare lineup in the summer it's uh hazel uh I don't even remember who the defender is. Uh, Mihalovic, Alvarez, and now I don't even remember. Let me see. Yeah, I'm just curious what the back end is. So, like, that's three guys that goalie doesn't matter, obviously, which we've right. talked about. It's I might not have a defender, actually. Yeah, I don't. You I sold want a, You him. want Kobayashi, but you don't know if you're going to Oh, right. I would love it if it was Kobayashi. Yeah, yeah for sure. And then, uh, oh, and Iraqi. Iraqi. So, yeah, yeah, so you're, realistically speaking, you're in a va- your vacuum U23 rare is pretty good. Yeah, like it's pretty good. And, but the, the step up to rare pro is like massive. Yeah. Uh, in terms of price. And so, um, it's not that bad because the, the mids you can get and the defenders you can get in Asia are not unreasonably priced. But it's, I mean, it's not like 0.1 ETH. Like you're going to have, it'd be like one, one and a half ETH. Right. Um, yeah, and and I, I know. Or another Hazel or an Osaka, which like I could. You, you have to. I mean, I think one thing you need that you know you need is you need another U23 goalie in case Hazel implodes. So, like, that's why you probably talked about Osaka and considered him for sure. But I also know, like, from your perspective, your best chance at competing is the summer rare pro because you can run. Rue Snack, who I know you probably watched the Salt Lake game yesterday, was yeah, I yeah. think they were terrible in that game. They were awful, but it was nice to see him go 90, and it was nice to see him have majority of set pieces yep. over Rodero, um, yeah. which were both positives for Rue Snack in terms of longevity, in my opinion. So like for your sure. rare pro in the summer is goalie, probably Debossi. Who's your who's your defender in the summer? Is it Debossi or do you have better? I have well, I basically have like a Portland stack. Like I have Ivicic and Mabiala. It's rare and super rare, or Miller and Debassi. But like, I could have also like I have other. Um, I probably wouldn't use another like a forward super rare. Yeah, this is, this is going to be my pump of the week, guys. Laird's going to need to buy a good defender super rare. <laughs> this your team's just too good not to have a good defender super rare. I think you waste a lot of value because you're talking. You have you have Gill, Vela, or Alvarez. I could see you using Alvarez in D three of global if it makes sense. I could, um, yeah. And then you also have uh, Rusnak super rare. Like so Rusnak super rare, Gill rare are locked in, and yeah. then it's either like Vela or Gustavo Boo sure. rares, and then yeah, it's basically defender goalie. So you realistically should be getting a good defender. Not saying these guys can't. I heard Mabiala is injured. Is Mabiala yeah, injured? Yeah, he's, he's injured to start the season, yeah. So the question is for you, is Debossi good enough? Because, like, this team has so much equity. Like, this is a legit, like, podium every week type of team that could hit it. So the question for you is, do you trust Debossi enough to be that person? Or are you – I mean, that's the thing. Is like, I mean, I'm pretty sure you're going to wait, like, a – 
couple weeks into the season or maybe close to the summer. But like realistically speaking, if you could go and I, I mean, looking right at your team right there, like Fukumori, like could you go add a Fukumori super rare for 0.5? Like something yeah. like that could be tremendous value for your rare pro team. Um, and that would be good to see for you uh, in the summer or someone like it's got to be someone and it has to be a defender. But the good news it, is there's it's that, pa- that Paolo Diaz super rare is what I've like wanted forever. He got into the play with Armani. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great card. Do you have Armani rare? Yeah. Yeah, that's the perfect stack. Yep. You all of a sudden run. It's been a perfect stack for a long time and just a little too expensive. The only issue you have, which you know you would have with that, is that they're all in different leagues. So you're gonna have random weeks where they don't line up properly. But uh yeah, yeah, and I think that's true. I think that's vital for you to make sure you can maximize the time that you have with Gil and with Rooster Super Rare. Like those are your most elite cards, and you know they are. Yep. Um, so I, I think that that would be a good – that should be your next purchase, I think. Yeah. There's nothing wrong – because, like, you getting a good Super Rare Defender is not going to be a bad thing anyway. Sure. So, like, I think that's, that's probably right. your next purchase, whether it's – and you could probably get one for, like, 0.5 ETH. That's, so we won't pump anyone individually, but that's that's Laird's – that's his that could be his new pet project. I'll we'll talk about it off stream and we'll see what we can find for him for a defender. Let yeah, let me buy him this weekend and then we can pump him next week. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe I'll buy two of them and then I can pump it and sell one. And offset most of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's perfect. Go. Okay. I'm glad we figured that plan out. Uh all right. I, we got to uh cut it off here, but uh thank you to everybody for uh checking in with us on the chat. Uh nice to see Quinny uh check in as well. I'm going to have to compete with him in U23 this summer because Quinny's a summer sharp. So, uh, but yeah, thank you for everybody. If you wouldn't mind just hitting the like button below. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel, it seems absurd at this point, but please subscribe. It's uh, greatly appreciated. Anybody listening to the audio version, if you could please rate and review it wherever you listen. Um, Thank you very much for all of those who have done it already. Um, uh, Sora Andrews is back at the beginning of next week. And then we're going to have someone else uh, with me next Friday because Sean is... uh, is leaving for Gotta a week. go on That's a workcation. Man, terrible. But anyway, uh, but we'll have uh, another uh, excellent uh, co-host next week. So, uh, everyone, thank you for that. And Sean, uh, I'll sit, I'll see you in two weeks. And uh, good luck.